The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed. Uh, I'm hoping this this is not your first time for joining me, uh, but whether it's your first time or your 40th time, I'm only too happy that you can be here on what would otherwise be just a really cold, icky evening for me. Uh, I'm at my mother's house where we have... I would say a little bit more than 10 inches of snow right now, and we're going to be in the teens and the single digits for uh, really the rest of the week. So this is sort of my chance to sit down, kick back, have a big cup of tea, and talk with you about one of my favorite topics, of course, breastfeeding. It's really funny because I got into this conversation the other day with a woman who actually had a mastitis. And somewhere in there, I could hear myself giving my spiel on letdown or the milk ejection reflex. And that was when I thought, you know, over the years, it seems like I have had a million questions about letdown. What is letdown? I don't think I have one. I think I have more than one. I have a letdown, but I don't think it feels right. I have a letdown, and I know it feels like something. Is this the way it's supposed to feel? If I don't have a letdown, what am I supposed to do? I've had so many questions, misperceptions, and so forth, that it suddenly just dawned on me as I was talking with this woman, Oh, maybe we just need to have a show about letdown. And then I asked myself, do I really have an hour's worth of stuff to talk about on letdown? And the answer is, yeah, I really do. So I'm hoping that I can, as usual, bust the myths and clarify the facts for you. I'm also hoping that you will either give me some questions live tonight or that you will send me questions via email. Now, if I get the email questions, I can't answer them tonight. But here's the email. It's radio at borntobebreastfed.com. I'll repeat that. It's radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Or... If you want to reach me live, see, I'm really encouraging you. It's one of those cold nights where I feel like I need to, you know, get some warmth from somebody else here. Uh, please feel free to call in at half past the hour. Half past the hour, I will be taking calls. And here is the number. It's one 866 
1-866-472-5792. I'll repeat that. 1-866-472-5792. And I will tell you what I always tell people when they're in my live course. When I don't have any questions, and when nobody asks a question, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means that I was so crystal clear that everybody just understood everything or if it is that I totally left everybody in the dust and nobody can even formulate a question. So give me some feedback here, ladies. Uh, if you've, I, I really feel like I'm going to be addressing a lot of your questions, but if I don't address your question, please feel free to let me know and I will do my best to respond. So why is all this letdown in business so important anyway? Well, partly because we have so many women these days that say that they don't have enough milk. Now, I've been hearing that for decades. That's nothing new. But when people start talking to me about not having enough milk, I start thinking, okay, is it really production or is it really volume of milk? That is milk production, but is it really related to milk letdown? Like, how does all of that work? Okay, here's the deal. If you don't have an adequate letdown, you won't have complete removal of the milk. Any of you who have hung around me for any amount of time know that I always keep coming back to saying, Remove in order to refill. Remove to refill. So here's the thing. Think of your breasts as being storage units. You could think of your breasts as cartons or quart bottles or kegs or whatever image you want. Just think of them as containers. What do we know about containers? In order to get the liquid out of them, We have to use a straw or take the lid off or pour out the contents or push the button on the keg or whatever it is, but you got to get it out. And the same thing is true with breasts. You've got to get the milk out of the container. And that is paramount to success. Yours and the babies. And what do I mean by yours and the babies? Well, just to put things into context, There are really three main events that happen with breastfeeding. Milk production, you got to actually have something there. Milk ejection, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Milk ejection, the milk ejection reflex or milk letdown, some people call it. And then the third one is milk transfer. Well, guess what? If you haven't actually ejected the milk, then you can't actually transfer it to your baby. So, three events, milk production, milk ejection, milk transfer, and today we're going to talk about that second one, milk ejection or milk letdown. Hopefully, what I'm going to do here is to help you to figure out how it works, and I'm also going to talk to you a little bit about oxytocin, which is the primary hormone that's responsible for letdown. Okay, so we all have got this figured out then that a lactating woman always has at least some milk in her breasts, by definition, right? It could be a small amount or a large amount, but if she's lactating, she has milk. Letdown 
is the physiologic process where the milk is actually released from the breast. Now, how does that work? Well, remember that the the breast is a gland. It's actually a modified sweat gland. So it allows the secretion of the fluid to go to the outside. Everybody talks about emptying the breast, and I talk about that too. But, you know, it's just, there's really just no actual term for it. But the breast is never really truly empty. It's a little bit like urine or tears. No matter how much urine you've passed, a few minutes later you can do a few more drips. No matter how many tears you've cried, a few more minutes later you've got more tears There's no such a thing as really, truly empty. So let me talk to you a little bit then about oxytocin, which is the primary hormone that's responsible for that milk ejection reflex. Letdown is actually a term borrowed from the dairy industry, and it more precisely refers to uh, the milk ejection reflex in humans, but actually uh, well-respected Experts use that term. I use that term. Uh, If my friend Debbie Bokar is sitting in Oklahoma listening to me, she's probably cringing because I know that she always wants to uh, not make people feel that they're a cow. But we do use that term. I use that term. And it's it really just all means the same thing. So oxytocin causes these little bitty muscle cells to contract. And It's the same hormone that actually affects the uterus during labor and the same that affects the genitals during orgasm. And in the ductual system, what you have is those little, the the oxytocin will, will make those little muscles in the lactating breasts contract. And in breasts, the contraction occurs about four to 10 times during a 10 minute period. And each contraction lasts around a minute. So thus, mothers can and do have more than one letdown during a feeding. And this contraction results in a sensation that is is different for different mothers. We'll talk about that a a little bit later. But right now, I sort of want you to envision what this whole process is like. All right? It's really like stimulus response. If you've ever heard of Pavlov's dogs and how Pavlov rang the bell, the dogs uh, gave the dogs the meat and they salivated. That's because they associated that bell with the fact that he was going to feed them. That's called stimulus response. So it's not actually terribly different with letdown because it's about stimulus response. It's similar to what how it happens elsewhere in the body, certainly. An outside stimulus occurs to a receptor initiating some sort of reflex that is a predictable response to that stimulus. So in this case, there is a stimulus, and it could be many different kinds of stimuli. We'll talk about that in a minute, but usually it's suckling, okay? You've got the baby at the breast, and it occurs to the sensory nerves endings in the nipple and the areola. This is where your receptors are, all right? And the neurons carry that sensory message to the nervous system, the central nervous system. And messages arriving there then stimulate the release of oxytocin from the posterior pituitary gland. 
And neurons then carry that message away from the central nervous system along a pathway that's really regulated by this hormonal control. So what happens then is you've got this reflex arc and there's some effect that happens and the oxytocin stimulates the muscle cells surrounding those little milk producing cells. So when the muscle cells contract, the milk is ejected and it's then kind of propelled along and eventually it's ejected through the nipples. Now, just a word here about oxytocin levels and how they're different right after delivery. That is, they're very, very high immediately after you deliver. So compared with levels 15 minutes before delivery, the oxytocin levels rise substantially during the first 45 minutes. In the lactating mother, oxytocin release is both pulsatile and variable, and it even can occur before suckling. So sensory stimuli, for example, seeing the baby or hearing the baby cry can also trigger the letdown. But the strongest stimulus for milk letdown is suckling. And research really suggests that the actual stretching and elongation of the nipple during the suckling triggers that reflex, which kind of implies that proper latch-on is therefore important. Alrighty, so what I've tried to walk you through here is how this process happens. And when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about those multiple letdowns, how you can tell if you're having a letdown, and what to do about it if maybe that letdown is not exactly the way you would have wanted it. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. 
visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed on the Health and Wellness Channel at Voice America. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Now, just before we went to the break, I was talking about sort of the mechanism of letdown, what it is, the hormone that's associated with it, and that whole idea of the reflex arc. So, if you didn't get that part, if you were out making a snack for yourself or picking up a child from uh, school or whatever you were doing, no worries. I can pick it up from here, and I think you can still stay with me on what this stuff is all about. I want to once again encourage you, if you have questions, you may submit questions to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. I will do my best to respond to you by email. But this evening at half past the hour, I would encourage you to give me a call. I'm at 1-866-472-5792. All right, so... I talked a minute ago about having multiple letdowns, and that absolutely is possible. The study that I thought was particularly enlightening about this was Ramsey's 2005 study. Um, Donna Ramsey, who is now Donna Geddes, this was her study along with her colleagues in But this particular one showed that 96% of the women in the study had multiple milk ejections during one feeding session. For example, having three letdowns was not unusual. Now, the milk ejection reflex, and of course they were measuring everything, and they were measuring oxytocin levels and so forth, but uh, what they found here was that these milk ejections were actually associated with increases in milk flow. Interestingly, uh, uh, nearly half of the total volume of milk expressed, though, was removed during the first milk ejection. So what does that mean? It means that the first milk ejection that you experience during a feeding is the most important. It means that the most amount that it's going to is going to happen is going to happen then basically. 
All right. But here's the other thing that I thought was pretty interesting was that the number of milk ejections really didn't have any correlation to the total volume of milk that the mother put out or to the percentage that was available. Um, It just didn't really matter. So I guess what I'm saying is if you have one, that's good. If you have more, that's good. But if you don't have more than one, I wouldn't be too worried about it. So that brings me then to the sort of the next logical thing. How do you know if you're having a letdown? I tried to divide this up by, like, there are some women that never have this, some women that always have that. Uh, There's just everything in between. So I've tried to just go about it that way. So some women are never, ever, ever aware of their letdown, okay? I am standing in front of the woman. I say, do you have a letdown? She says, no. But her baby is going gulp, 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 gulp. Well, that tells me that if she she can't possibly be transferring milk to her baby unless she's had a letdown. But she's not aware of it. And I would say that if you're one of those women, just don't sweat it. It's happening. You're just not aware of it. By the way, I don't know. I've never seen any research on this, but it always seems to me that it's women having their first babies that are not as aware of their letdown reflex. Again, I don't have any science behind that, just some casual observation. Now, some women are very aware of that sensation of a letdown when they're early in their breastfeeding experience. And then after several weeks, it just kind of wears off. But I want to emphasize here, that just means that the sensation has worn off. It doesn't mean that the letdown isn't happening. Okay, some women absolutely know that they are having uh, a letdown and it may be somewhat painful or uncomfortable. I would say that most women, if they describe their letdown as being painful, they probably have an overactive milk ejection reflex or an oversupply or both. Whenever I give my talk on oversupply, or my talk on um, uh, the overactive letdown, I always say that those two things frequently coexist. They do not have to coexist. Sometimes they're separate. So what you'll see, and I'm trying to sort of paint you a visual picture here, is that when the woman has a, a, a very overactive letdown reflex, the milk just sprays and sprays and sprays. And then what happens is baby will often kind of jerk back from it. They will pull their head back and they get like a face full of milk. And (laughs) if I have somebody describing this over the phone to me, I will usually say, does the baby look like she's drowning? And the mother says, yes, that's what she looks like. She's gagging and she looks like she's drowning. Okay, well, that woman probably has an overactive letdown. And if you do... Well, other than being messy, there's no real real problem with it. Now, if you just delivered your baby and you don't have it now, that's something that for some women 
doesn't really develop until about three to six weeks after birth. Again, some people never have overactive reflex. Uh, Some people never would describe what they have as pain. So, again, this is all back to all of this is very individualized. Some women will notice this uh, uncomfortableness when they are especially engorged. But again, that's sort of a situation of oversupply. It's just sort of a confined way of oversupply, if you will. Here's another thing. Babies that do clamping down, like if does your baby just clamp his jaw down rather than having those nice wave-like motions? If so, that can contribute to that feeling of uncomfortableness when you have a letdown. Now, here's one that doesn't happen all that often, but it does happen. Uh, Sometimes when you're giving birth, you can have muscle strain in your chest, especially if you've put your hands on some handles and you've really pulled back, like I've seen women do that when I've worked labor and delivery. So that's not really the letdown exactly, but if the chest muscles that support the breast were strained during that birthing process, you may have a sensation of that deep breast pain and it may be accentuated with letdown. Um, It's just all kind of part of the same stuff. And then there are some things that are associated with deep pain in the breast and they may or may not be associated with a letdown. For example, a yeast infection or some other breast infection. That could be a sense of deep pain, but not because of the letdown. So sometimes these things are worth exploring to see if you have something else going on. There are a few, underline few women, who have some just downright unpleasant sensations. Some women will say they have a queasy feeling in their stomach. A few women will describe a headache. And then there was one woman, oh, I'm trying to think of this. I tried to think of it before the show. She had some sort of a rash that happened on her nipples when she had uh, a letdown. And it was rather unusual. Again, these are things that very few women have. They're probably not harmful. They might be a nuisance. But usually that's something that is is infrequent, very infrequent. Now, I'm going to talk to you about what most women have. Okay, most women will describe having tingling or a sense of pins and needles. In all the years that I've been in this, I would say that tingling or pins and needles is the sensation that I have heard from the most amount of women over the most amount of years That is what they will talk about. Some women will say it's a feeling of release. I distinctly remember one woman who said to me, it's like when your bladder is really, really, really full and you've been on the throughway or something and then you sit on the toilet to empty your bladder and then you have this enormous feeling of just relief or release. And that's how she described it. A lot of women will talk about thirst when they have a letdown. So if you find yourself suddenly feeling a little thirsty, that's a symptom of letdown. 
In the early days, women will talk about cramping, especially women who are having their second or third or fourth or fifth or eighth baby. The more babies you have, it seems like the more cramping is associated with that that letdown. Now, here's another thing, and I know that I've talked about this before, is when the baby suddenly changes gears. Hopefully, you know what I mean. That's when you hear the baby swallowing. And sometimes about that time, you'll also see a little milk ooze out of the baby's mouth. And that is very indicative of having a a good letdown. You might also see milk dripping from the other side. So you got the baby well onto, let's say, your left side, and then you have your right side just spontaneously dripping some milk. That also would be uh, a sign of a letdown. Okay, so I think I've given you almost everything from soup to nuts. I hope that's helpful. When we come back, I will be talking to you a little bit about when the milk ejection reflex is a little slow or impeded. I'm Marie Biancuto. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed. Thanks so much for joining me this evening as we're standing here, sitting here, whatever we're doing, uh, talking about the letdown reflex. And in the last section, basically what I did was I talked to you about all sorts of the different sensations that people have, including no sensation, good sensation, a somewhat uncomfortable sensation, and everything in between. One of the things that I just want to emphasize, because I think I implied this, but I kind of want to pull it together here. I did say to you that the usual triggers for letdown, the the strongest trigger for letdown is the baby suckling. All right. But the trigger for letdown can also be hearing the baby cry or even hearing somebody else's baby cry. It could be the smell, like smelling the baby himself or just smelling a piece of his clothing. So any of those things, as I talk about that reflex, remember, we are people who have a reflex, whether it's for our children or uh, anything else. We have learned that one thing triggers us to behave in another way, in this case, to let down. So, as promised, I'll talk to you a little bit about then kind of what happens when the smoke ejection reflex is not exactly going the way you would want. It could be a whole flock of things that could be the culprit here with why you've got a slow or impeded milk ejection reflex. You might want to think about, for instance, is it drug-related? It might actually be some uh, medicine that you're taking, or it might be if you've had a large amount of alcohol. Now, this alcohol thing is important. I'm not talking about just that you had a half a glass of wine, okay? I'm talking about you have a lot of alcohol in your system, you do not feel like yourself, in which case you should not be breastfeeding your baby if you feel woozy anyway, all right? But this is sort of nature's way of helping you to not do something stupid. So what you'll find is that you might not be able to uh, have have a letdown. Another one is smoking. Smoking is so important. Smoking really messes you up on a lot of different levels, but let me tell you what it could do for your milk ejection reflex. Remember I told you that the oxytocin has to run around to uh, actually make this ejection happen. And if you're smoking, then all of your blood vessels actually become more narrowed because of the nicotine, okay? And therefore, the milk is not as easily ejected. I actually haven't worked with all that many women who have smoked uh, and breastfed. Interestingly enough, many of them choose not to breastfeed in the first place. 
And, you know, in the old days, we used to have a lot of women who, I would say, just went ahead and breastfed anyway, even though in those days we told them not to. Nowadays, of course, we tell them, yeah, you can breastfeed, but really try to cut down the smoking. But I will say this. It, there is definitely in the research as well as in my personal experience, when I see a woman who is smoking, and especially if she's smoking a lot, she is going to have trouble with a letdown. If you find yourself not having enough milk, and if you smoke, I am here to tell you, this is a huge part of your problem. So, eh, try to think about ways in which you can uh, cut out the smoking. Now, you certainly can have some therapeutic, uh, pharmaceutical kinds of things for that, but you also need to look at what triggers you to actually take a smoke and is there something that you can do to replace that trigger. For example, can you uh, run up and down the block instead of having a cigarette? What is it that you can do to, to help yourself there? Okay, some other reasons why you might not be able to let down. Uh, let me let me go through some of the physical things. Like, for instance, extreme fatigue. I'm not talking just a little uh, tired. I'm talking really super like you feel like a truck ran over you. Extreme fatigue. You will probably not be able to have a good letdown or possibly any letdown. Pain is another one, which is why when I worked on a postpartum floor, I was always big on helping mothers to take a pain medicine so that they would feel, as I would say, human. If you don't feel human, you may very well find that you can't have a good letdown. Now, it might be that you've had incisional pain from your cesarean, or maybe you've got a buildup of gas, or you've just got those uterine cramps, that is, after pains that that occur, or shucks, it might be your hemorrhoids that hurt, whatever, a headache, anything, anything that is pain can interfere with your letdown. So I would say try to get yourself a mild analgesic, hopefully that your doctor orders, okay, but ask for it, you need it, it's, it's, it's okay, Um presuming your doctor says it's okay. Uh, Newton did a very interesting study in the 1950s. I've read that study several times, and actually uh, what she showed was that if women were subjected to pain, they were actually not able to achieve a letdown. So I don't want you to think that this is like just some like dumb thing and you can just push past it. You probably just can't push past it. Here's another one, cold. All right, now think about cold. It might be cold like ice. Uh, And actually, that's another thing that Newton did. She asked women to put their feet in ice water. And when they did that, they were unable to have a letdown. But here's another thing. Sometimes it doesn't have to be ice or your feet in ice or anything else. It could be just your chili. Haven't you ever had that feeling? And sometimes it's just really hard to relax if you just feel chilly. So this brings me to the big, 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 big thing, which I think is the root of many people's difficulty with letdown, and that is psychological. Uh, 
it does appear that if you have a depression or a postpartum depression, that that could interfere sometimes with letdown. But I would be inclined to say that for most people, it's about stress. It could be about generalized stress. It could be about performance pressure. You know, you feel you gotta, 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 you gotta do this. It could be about distraction. Uh, It could be like a noisy environment. So I think it's just really important that you look at your stress and please do not discount the idea of uh, performance pressure. A lot of the times I have these women who are will sometimes say to me, I got to do this. I got to do this. Or sometimes they'll be saying to me, he doesn't want it. He does the meaning the baby. He doesn't want it. Yeah, he does. He does want it. It's just that he wants the milk to flow and the milk is not flowing because you are feeling like you're really stressed just trying to give it to him. One of the things that I always try to do with women there is to get them to just take a deep breath, as I tell them, all the way up from their toes. And I'm going to tell you that, too. Okay? Blow it all away. I hope you were able to hear me do that big, deep breath all the way up from my toes through the microphone. If you have got breathing that you've done as part of your childbirth prep for uh, relaxation during labor, use it. Do it. That would be great. Uh, Another thing that, that feeds into this is fatigue. And I'm not exactly sure how to explain this, but a lot of times people that are stressed are fatigued. People who are fatigued are stressed. And so it's really, really important to bring that stress down. I won't get a chance to cover all of this, but I will uh, attempt to cover just a little bit before we go to break. And it has to do with how to improve the, the letdown if it's just not working for you. The big one here is, number one, it depends on the cause. It certainly could be stress. Give me a minute and I'll come back to that. But here's another one. So many women nowadays are pumping. Are you pumping? You may find that the flange doesn't fit. And if so, that could be a little pinchy, a little oochie-ouchie. If so, hello, that's pain. Then you might be having difficulty having a letdown. Here's the other thing. Where did you store that flange? Was it in a place that wasn't very warm? If so, hello, that's cold. Very difficult to let down when something is cold. Uh, easy easy with that, by the way. Just put it under the warm water. Just warm it up a minute. And, and that's helpful. Here's another one. Try creating a letdown cue for yourself. And this is based on the old idea of the Pavlov's dog thing. All right? It could be anything that you want. It could be a special piece of music. It could be a little bell like <laughs> like Pavlov really did use with his dogs. It could be a special thing that you play maybe on your smartphone. I know, for example, that on my iPhone, I have a, I have a little wood clunk. I have a little bell, I have a little ping, I have a bunch of little different things. If one of those things, if you can train yourself that when you hear that, that you go into a better relaxed state, I'd say, go for it. 
whatever. That works. Uh, but relaxation really is critical. Now, you know what I'm going to tell you about smelling. I'm going to tell you that smelling is a trigger. So, for example, the baby's clothing, maybe you don't have the baby with you. Maybe you're at work, for example. If you pack up one of the baby's little t-shirts or something, put it in a Ziploc bag, take it with you, and when you smell of that, that could be your trigger for being able to let down. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about using all five of your senses to relax and to elicit that uh, letdown, and then I'll talk just a teeny bit about the overactive letdown. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed as we finish up our discussion about um, letdown. Which, by the way, for any of you who uh, might be professionals out there, and if you are looking to get your IBCLC certification, I will be running several courses this spring. I have, I believe, two or three of my comprehensive courses still uh, running this spring, and I also have several of my review courses, and I will be doing all of those in different cities, literally from coast to coast, from now until, um, I think the last one is towards the end of June in Boston, and... uh, it's literally coast to coast. If you're interested, please go to my professional website. I'm at www.borntobe. No, no, no. <laughs> no, if you're a professional, it's uh, uh, breastfeedingoutlook.com. Oh, geez, I'm confusing myself. And uh, if you're a parent and you want more information about this show, then it's borntobebreastfed.com. Wow. Uh, guess I'm forgetting who I am today. Um, speaking of busting the myths, I just want to tell you that there's this big myth out there that drinking beer helps milk production and or helps milk let down. And honestly, that has never been proven. So I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in that. So I wanted to say to you that you can use all five senses to help yourself to relax and let down, one is anything that you can do to improve the feel. So that's getting rid of the cold or getting rid of the pinchy or the, the pain or whatever. Another one is smelling. I want to talk about hearing because this is one of my favorite things. Uh, I did suggest that you could create a little cue for yourself, and that could be auditory. It actually, here's another thing. Uh, if drinking a glass of water could be your cue to relax, that's okay too. You know, our brains are really funny things. We can really train ourselves to just relax. It it, it doesn't happen overnight. I'm not saying it will. But we can reprogram what we've got. Hearing the soft music... Uh, There was an interesting study by Keith Weaver and Vogel in 2012 that actually showed that mothers have a greater volume of milk and more uh, fat in their milk when they listen to music. Now, this study was interesting to me because for many, many years ago, Fear's study, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly, it's Stephen Fear, F-E-H-E-R. He published a study in 1989 that uh, I... I would like talk and talk and talk and talk about this, and everybody always kind of poo-pooed me, but it's really true. It, it was a beautiful study. It was an elegant study that has since been written up by the Cochrane database. Uh, in his study, he showed that the efficacy of using music was effective for mothers of well infants as well as for mothers of preterm babies. So if you have a preterm baby, really listen to the music. Uh, nowadays, it's so easy because you can just drag your iPod along or your phone or whatever you have. I currently am wearing my Bose headset for my uh, ears. Uh, you can certainly do that as well. Soft music is great, but just remember, you also can make your own soft music. It's called humming or singing. 
sometimes when people are in my office and I'm trying to get them to uh, let down, I will sort of gently massage their shoulders, turn down the lights. And so they've got that tactile thing with me uh, trying to relax their shoulders. And at the same time, I will play some relaxing sounds. Like, for instance, most people really respond to the ocean, although it certainly could be something else. Here's another one. I have only begun to learn things about alpha and theta waves. And those are the brain waves that occur when we are in a more relaxed state. And I have those that play on my telephone. You probably can, uh, in fact, actually, I don't think I paid any money for them. I think they might have been free. And uh, I use that sometimes to just get myself relaxed, ready for bed or ready for a, teaching a course or whatever. And here's another one, positive affirmations, telling yourself that you can do this along with mental visualization. There are whole books that are written on the power of visualization and the power of positive affirmations. I'm telling you, ladies, it works. Trust me, trust me, it works. I know it sounds hokey, but it's not. It's really that our thoughts really help to program what our behavior is so that you can relax deeply, try to see that music. Uh, no, that, that milk being released from your internal anatomy the way that I talked about it. Skin-to-skin contact with the baby, of course, is fabulous. You might not be able to do that if the baby isn't nearby. Maybe you've got your baby in a NICU. Uh, maybe you're home with your husband and you're trying to pump your milk. Good. Get your husband or your partner to uh, touch your body, your shoulders, your whatever. Uh, It really can be very relaxing. Warm, moist heat is also important. And hand massaging is another thing. You can do hand massage on the breast, and it kind of helps to bring that milk down. Uh, Any of those things are helpful. Oh, picture of the baby. As I talked about visualization, sorry, that's kind of the obvious one, but uh, picturing the baby Listening to the baby, listening to music, any of those things, I've basically told you that all five senses will help you to let down. I talked a little bit about the overact of letdown as being a possible cause. Remember that the possible complications can be a hungry baby, a plugged duct, mastitis, or other such things if you don't really have a good letdown. So what I've given you here today, I think, are three main take-home messages. Number one, remove to refill. If you can't have the, the complete removal, you won't have complete refill. Next thing, most times normal is whatever is normal for you. It's different for everybody. And finally, if you have a problem with letdown, I've given you lots of suggestions. Try them. And remember that, as my good friend Debbie says, most breastfeeding problems are transient and solvable. So then, as usual, this time always goes too fast. I always feel like I'm talking so fast towards the end. Uh, But I do want to let you know, 
that you can get more at borntobebreastfed.com. And just remember that I'm here to help. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 